Welcome back, and good morning, Coffee Book listeners. We are starting from the top today of page 42 in the book, The Curious Barista's Guide to Coffee by Tristan Stevenson. Let's begin. After World War II, a high vacuum freeze drying was introduced, which meant that the coffee could be dried at a lower temperature more quickly, meaning the flavor was better preserved. This technology, along with spray drying, is how instant coffee is made today. In all methods, the coffee is first roasted and ground. Next, water is pumped through a series of five to seven huge percolation columns. Each column contains coffee at varying stages of extraction, and as the water passes from the freshest through to the oldest, the temperature decreases, ensuring that nothing is left behind. Basically, it's the most efficient and impassive method of extracting flavor from ground coffee that modern industry has allowed us. So far, so apathetic. Next, the extract is concentrated to around 40% solids. This can be done in a couple of ways. The easiest and most damaging of which is simple heating and evaporation. Another option is to put the coffee in a massive centrifuge which, like a spin dryer, will separate the heavy, flavorsome components from the light, watery bits. The final option is the technique of partially freezing the solution, causing ice water crystals to form, which can be mechanically separated from the gooey coffee mush. While these heinous acts are committed, the airspace around the coffee is flushed with nitrogen and or carbon dioxide which preserves some of the aroma of the coffee by eliminating oxygen from the system. Next, the concentrate is either spray-dried or freeze-dried. Spray-drying entails moving a super-fine mist of coffee concentrate through a column of hot air. Think hairspray and hair dryer. The mist is so fine that the tiny coffee particles dry into big piles of brown flour. The flour is then tumbled through the air with a fine mist of steam which wets the surface of the dry coffee, causing the dust particles to adhere together and form the little nuggets that we are familiar with. Freeze drying is slightly more sympathetic to the coffee. The concentrate is cooled down to negative 40 degrees Celsius or negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit, usually very rapidly in the region of one to two minutes. The very low temperature means that the coffee concentrate is below its triple point, the lowest temperature possible for solid and liquid concentrate phases to coexist. This is important because the next stage aims to remove the frozen water from the concentrate by sublimation, i.e. turning it into vapor, rather than melting. This is achieved by dramatically lowering the air pressure inside the freeze dryer and simultaneously increasing the temperature. It is done over different stages, but the aim is simple. Get rid of the water and leave behind only moon rock-esque coffee. The dried coffee will still contain around 1% moisture, but compared to most earthly objects that is very low indeed, and the cause for its fragile and brittle nature. It's this low water content that also gives instant coffee one of its greatest strengths, preservation, but it also means it must be stored in a sealed container to prevent it from sucking water out of the air like a sponge. It's not clear whether it is the technology used to manufacture instant coffee or the quality of the coffee in the first place, which is responsible for the insipid instance that we all know. 
My own experiences with freeze dryers leads me to think there is perhaps a future for genuinely great instant coffee. Right now though, the specialty coffee movement and the supermarket shelf are at odds with each other. The instant coffee consumer will see little value in an instant costing five times the price of the industry standard, and the gourmets themselves will not lower to the romantically vacuous realms of instant, even if it did taste any good. Coffee as a commodity. Since the 1940s, there have been ongoing arrangements between producing countries, many of which rely on coffee as the chief export, and consuming countries that have aimed to stabilize production quota to limit overproduction and the economy-shattering price drops they can cause. The Inter-American Coffee Agreement, first signed in 1940, and the International Coffee Agreement, ICA of 1962, like so much of coffee's history, have their roots in politics, born out of the concern that Latin American countries may be tempted into extreme left or right-wing political tendencies if their export values weren't guaranteed. Today, the ICA is managed by the International Coffee Organization, ICO, and now includes members from 42 producing countries, equating to about 97% of all the coffee grown in the world, according to the ICO website. The agreement is really only relevant to the commodities market, where coffee is purchased at the lowest possible price, destined for a jar of instant or a pack of some stepped-on pre-ground black crumbs. In effect, the agreement means that each producing country has a production quota, and when the price per pound falls, the quota is reduced and the price, in theory, goes up. Of course, the commodity price for a pound of coffee still fluctuates, so there is a kind of baseline price that everyone works from, often referred to as the C price, that acts as a global indicator of the price of commodity coffee. The C price actually only refers to the price of coffee on the New York Stock Exchange, or NYSC. So it isn't indicative of the price being paid everywhere, since only a small percentage of coffee passes through NYSC, but it does act as a reference point for other markets, subject to the countless variables that can affect any high volume product. The C is prone to shift considerably, and in the past five years alone, it has dropped to barely more than a dollar 65 pence per pound in late 2013, and peaked at a massive $3 or $1.90 per pound in 2011. Since the C price is not reflective of the cost of production of a pound of coffee, this has meant that sometimes producers find themselves losing money. We will end here today in the middle of page 44 and continue on again next morning in our literary coffee saga. Thank you for listening. Good day and good coffee, friends.